on behalf of Lineberg Information Services. This is Bob Keebler, and thank you for joining us for Roth IRA Basics. We need to take another look at the whole area of Roth IRAs. This is a very complex area. And with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the paradigms here have changed greatly. Um, most of you are aware that we can no longer do recharacterizations. So that changes the game because it puts a lot more risk into your analysis. And for people doing big conversions, we're going to do those over time, similar to dollar cost averaging. So we're going to be very careful with how we do big conversions. What we'll cover today will be the general concepts, the taxation of Roth conversions, the taxation of Roth IRA distributions, the mathematics of Roth IRA conversions, which we really learned in summer of 1997. Those underlying principles have not changed since President Clinton signed this bill. And in summer 1997, I had the honor of writing the AICPA's book on this, and our initial impressions, we, we missed the big thing, but, and I'll come back to that in a second, but our initial impressions of the math were spot on. What we missed is we were asking the wrong question for a long time. We were asking who should convert, and the real question has to become when can a Roth conversion hurt your client? Recharacterizations, again, that, that is over. You can still do recharacterizations for 2017 conversions, but 2018 forward, no more recharacterizations for conversions. Talk about the estate tax considerations, which are absolutely massive. Anyone that's going to have a taxable estate and they have IRAs has to take a real hard look at the efficacy of Roth IRA conversions. Now, so the general concept, I mean, if, if this is all brand new to you, um, I'll walk you through the foundational things. 100% of the growth is tax exempt. No required minimum distributions at age 70 and a half. IR, Roth IRA distributions cannot be used to fulfill your RMDs. So those, those are two different things. So they might look the same, but they're, they're totally different under the law. And there are no RMDs from a Roth IRA. However, not to surprise anyone, there are RMDs from a 401k plan. There are also RMDs from inherited Roth IRAs. So there are RMDs from inherited Roth IRAs. Now, focus on the theory and all these details and how to compartmentalize them will fall into place. So no RMDs, regular Roths, traditional, just the regular plain vanilla Roth IRA. There's an RMD on an inherited Roth and there's an RMD on a Roth 401k. So we talk about convertible accounts. You can convert a traditional IRA, a 401k plan, a profit sharing plan, a 403b plan, a 457 plan, you can even, under notice 2008-30, in certain instances, if you do it right, convert an inherited 401k plan. I die, my 401k plan goes to my children. On the way out the door of the plan, they can convert that into a Roth IRA. They'd have to pay the tax on their own tax return. It wouldn't be an estate issue. You can't convert inherited IRAs or educational IRAs. We actually had a PLR that solidified the concept that you cannot convert an inherited Roth IRA. So you're just not allowed to convert an inherited Roth IRA. Husband and wife, when you're looking at conversions, very important to put this in perspective, husband and wife will have different conversion ratios. So husband and wife come in to see you, 
um, call them Dan and Kim. Dan has a million dollars in his IRA with a basis of 50000 That in and of itself makes him a terrible person for a Roth conversion because 95% of what he's going to convert will be taxable, at least an automatic Roth conversion. On the other hand, Kim is not retired yet. Okay, so Kim is not retired yet, and Kim has 50000 in her traditional IRA, but she has 45000 a basis. She's an instant conversion. Anytime you get over 60 or 70% basis, just do an automatic conversion. There, there, there's no doubt about that. You, that will only help your client. Reasons converting to a Roth IRA. First of all, when someone comes in to see us, the first thing we're going to look at is we are going to do a 15-year projection using the tax rate evaluator software. We want to know where they're going to be down the road as far as what those RMDs are going to look like if they have a 5, 6, 7% return inside their IRA. Now, we're also going to look at, do they have any special favorable tax attributes, including charitable deduction carry-forwards, investment tax credit carry-forwards, net operating loss carry-forwards, high basis, non-deductible traditional IRA carry-forwards. We'll talk about the suspension of the minimum distribution rules at 70 and a half because that provides a considerable advantage to the Roth IRA holder. So not having to take money out at 70 and a half puts the Roth IRA on a totally different trajectory compared to the regular IRA. If I'm going to have an estate tax problem, I'm better to convert to a Roth before I die than to die with a regular IRA. And that is because of the inefficiency of the 691C deduction. And then finally, taxpayers who can pay the income tax on the IRA from non-IRA funds will benefit greatly from the Roth IRA because of the ability to enjoy greater tax-free yields. Now, if I'm going to fund my basic exclusion amount, I'd always want to fund that with a Roth IRA rather than a regular IRA. That's low-hanging fruit. And taxpayers making a Roth IRA election during their lifetime reduce their overall estate thereby lowering the effect of higher estate tax rates. Uh, federal brackets are more favorable for married couples filing joint returns than for single individuals. This was turned upside down in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Just take a look at the chart from 2017 compared to the chart for 2018. You'll see that very, very quickly. Post-death distributions to beneficiaries are tax-free and tax rates are expected to increase in the near future. The thing about the lower tax rates we have right now is those will sunset on December 31st, 2025. Now, granted, will they sunset? In today's political climate, it is totally reasonable to take the position that if, let's just think through this very carefully, basically looking at will the Republicans control the House, the Senate, and the White House? And if they're not going to control the House and the Senate and the White House, then I think all we have is almost an assurance that tax rates, at least on your upper income clients, are going to go up. Now, when you, can do, when you do Roth conversions, only your non-deductible contributions are subject to tax. Anything that's basis is not subject to tax. So if you had 25,000 of basis and 35,000 of value, you would only pay tax on 35 minus 25, $10,000. If you converted 
half of that, you'd, do, you'd base your taxation on ratios. In that case, you would take a look at your ratio of 25 divided by 35. That would be your basis ratio. You'd multiply that by the amount you converted. But generally, if you have a high basis ratio, you're going to convert everything over to the Roth. Husband and wife have different basis ratios. So that's so important for us to understand. I give you in the materials a little bit of help here um, as far as the basis ratios. So you, you can take a good look at that. Now remember, tax reform repealed the ability to recharacterize a Roth conversion. This is so important for us to understand. We simply have lost that privilege. It used to be, not to confuse us, but it used to be if I had 10 mutual funds, I would do 10 conversions. And we'd go from there. Taxation of Roth IRA distributions. Now, once you start taking money out of a Roth, your qualified distributions are not subject to income tax. So qualified distributions are not subject to income tax at all. That's a good thing. But non-qualified distributions will be subject to income tax or potentially subject to income tax. Sometimes you can even get into a world where you're going to have penalty taxes. Okay, So we need to be very, very cognizant of the potential for penalty taxes. A lot of this depends on when you did your conversions, how old you are. Okay, so we're going we're to have to go through that and talk about how all those rules work. Generally, if you've held this for more than five years and you're over 59 and a half, you are in a really good space. That's exactly where you need to be or you want to be. Okay, there's just no doubt about that. A Roth IRA distribution is going to be treated as a, quote, qualified distribution if the following requirements are met. So you have to have your mandatory five-year period and the distribution is made on or after the IRA owner turns 59 and a half to a beneficiary on or after the death of the IRA owner because the IRA owner is disabled and for a qualified special purpose, first-time home buyer, for example. Those would be, you know, basically the, the times where you're going to be able to take the money out tax-free. Let's go through those again. I've reached 59 and a half, or it's going to a beneficiary after death. Now, you can still end up with having to march along the five-year holding period after death. This is because you have to meet both these tests. So if a person died today and they had done a Roth conversion in 2017, they would only be one year into their, their conversion period, and they couldn't, their children couldn't get the money out tax-free until the end of the fifth year. Those early distributions could potentially be subject to some income tax. Disability and then the first-time homebuyer exception, but you have to meet both tests. That's, that's a really important thing that we need to stress. Now, this is interesting. When I do a conversion, if I did a conversion on December 31st, 2018, that conversion is treated as having happened on January 1st, 2018. So every conversion that's ever occurred happened on January 1st, okay? So every conversion that ever occurred 
under for purposes of this statute occurred on January 1st. But remember, if a participant dies during the five-year holding period, then the five-year holding period taxed to the beneficiary. So again, if you died in year one, your children would have to hold this for another four years. Now, all they have to take out in the meantime is RMDs. That's not the end of the world. However, but, it's, but if you had 10 different Roth IRAs and one was converted six years ago and the rest were converted last year, you get to use the holding period from the first Roth IRA you ever owned. So you get to go back to the first Roth IRA you ever owned. That is very, very important to keep in mind. Now, a non-qualified distribution. So a non-qualified distribution will generally be subject to income tax. You do get to recover some of your basis. So the distribution is first determined to be made on a, a non-taxable return of your Roth IRA's previously taxed amount basis and how an accountant would look at that. If the distribution exceeds the Roth IRA owner's previously taxed amounts, the excess distribution will be subject to income tax. So the excess distribution will be subject to income tax. It's very important for all of us to understand. Here's a way to look at it. Your contributions, okay, your contributions are first regular contributions for money you contributed to a Roth yourself. And anyone that can contribute to a Roth generally you have to watch out for this, but look at what tax rate you're in on deciding this. Um, but here we go. Let, let's just, just walk through this. If I do a Roth contribution and then I take money out later, my money first comes out of my own contributions. So if you're in the lowest tax bracket, the 12 or 15% bracket, but you're going to be in a greater tax bracket later, you almost always want to do Roth contributions, not regular contributions, if you can meet the income limitations. The reason for that is that deduction is virtually worthless at 12% or at 15%. It's virtually worthless, unless that's your permanent tax bracket. But if you're a young person um, right out of accounting school and you just passed the CPA exam, um, you're going to hopefully be in a much lower tax bracket at age 30 than you will be at age 50 or age 60. So the goal would be, in that case, your, your, your goal would be putting money into a Roth IRA so you have that pool of money that later will not be subject to tax. Now, your contributions then are deemed to come out of rollovers from other Roth IRAs you've already paid tax on and rollovers from designated Roth accounts, which are ERISA-type accounts. Um, then you look at your conversions. Have you made any conversions? And then you take your money out of your conversions, and finally you take your money out of earnings. Very hard to get to the bottom of that and to get to earnings. So, but this is, these are the ordering rules we have to pay very close attention to. To the extent that an IRA owner is under 59 and a half, then there's a potential for a 10% penalty, okay? So then there's gonna be the potential for a 10% penalty. There are exceptions to that 10% penalty, namely death, disability, substantial equal periodic payments, medical expenses, 
health insurance premiums paid by unemployed individuals, qualified higher educational expenses, and first-time homebuyer expenses. To the extent that an IRA owner is under 59 and a half when they receive a distribution, the taxable portion of the previous conversion amount will be subject to the 10% penalty if the distribution is within a five-year period following the conversion. Let's just think through this a little bit, please. What all, this is a rule, back when all this happened, um, Barry Picker, who's a very prominent CPA in New York, was the first to notice this. And what Mr. Picker observed is that if you couldn't get money out of your IRA, you could do a Roth conversion, and then that would become basis, and then you could immediately take it out without the 10% penalty, say you were 56 years old. And then a couple of years later, the government put in this rule, which we have learned to call the penalty box rule. So think of the penalty box like in hockey, you have to spend five years in the penalty box after you do a conversion. Otherwise, this rule can trip you up if you're under 59 and a half, okay? So once you hit 59 and a half, this problem goes away. The amount of a non-qualified distribution subject to the 10% early distribution penalty, you go through an ordering where you start with your gross distribution, you subtract out your home buyer expenses, your prior year Roth contributions, and then your taxable portion of prior year Roth conversions that are greater than five years old, and then finally your non-taxable portion of prior year conversions. That gets you down to what's subject to the 10% tax, so it's very important. Now when you think about this, if you want to build a little chart, um, you can look at distributions within five years of a conversion or beyond five years. If your distributions are beyond five years and you're over 59 and a half, you are in a really good spot where there's no income tax and no penalty. That's good. Now, the worst spot to be is under 59 and a half with the distribution within five years because then you have the income tax to be paid on the earnings and you have the 10% penalty tax. So you have both the income tax and the 10% penalty tax. So we have covered a lot of ground today. Hopefully, this is the start of your journey of learning more about how Roth IRAs fit into someone's overall financial plan. On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this has been Bob Keebler discussing Roth IRA basics. Thank you for joining us today.